Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And once again, I'm so excited to be here today. Welcome to the Firetime Podcast. In today's conversation, as we round out this season, I was really excited to get the chance to talk to Rachel Feinstein. She works for the HPBA, and you heard her early on in the podcast to talk about why government affairs matters. But today, we actually talk about mentorship. Now, this is something that's been really important to me as I think about my life. I mean, really, over the last 15, 20 years even, there have been so many points where I have benefited from having a mentor, and this could be a formal mentoring relationship or even informal ones, but there's been people along the way that have been a little further down the path that have helped me, and sometimes it was just helping me just get out of my own way and just not make you know, really dumb mistakes out of just immaturity or, or arrogance. There was other times, though, where you know, I just I needed a, just a, a step in the right direction from a professional, someone that had had influence and authority, and and it's amazing what what mentoring roles do to to help us in those ways. So in today's conversation, I jump in with Rachel just to talk about the benefits of mentorship, both for the person that's being mentored and the one who is doing the mentoring. And we talk specifically about some work that she's doing with the HPBA to help young women who need mentorship in our industry. Now, as you go into this. If, if you're listening in real time, it's the middle of the busy season and things are crazy and you might be thinking, why on earth are we doing this? I can't, I can't even think about anything right now, much less mentorship, but I actually believe that this is like single-handedly the best tool for retaining your team members because when, when people working for a company are not being poured into they will dry up and go find somewhere else to work. It's, it's really that simple. If you can be actively pouring into your team members or, or providing them opportunities for other people to pour into them, whether it's a sales rep that you really respect or somebody you know that, that works in a different industry but could be just a great influence on someone that you work with, by you facilitating and connecting these relationships together, it shows your team members that you are actively, you know, trying to help them grow and that you care about them. It's a really big deal and it's not going to guarantee that they stay with you forever, but it will give you the benefit of the doubt. Historically, our industry has been very tight-fisted and and I think frankly not great when it comes to mentorship. There you find moments of people that do amazing things, but as an industry this has not really been a a mark of where we've had success, but I think that tide is changing. And even as we have this conversation, I know that all over North America, there's people who are diving into this and are trying to share what they have and become a mentor. So this is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. Rachel has a lot of things to say, and I definitely have some thoughts to share as well on the back end. Joining me from Washington, D.C. is the Senior Manager of Government Affairs for the Hearth Patio and Barbecue Association. I'm joined today by Rachel Feinstein. And Rachel, congratulations on 10 years with HPBA. How you doing? Yes. Hey, Tim. Thanks. It's great to be here. Yeah, 10 years uh, this September. So 
can't believe it. You know, you were one of our guests in the first season of the podcast, and it has been awesome to watch your career develop. I remember, I mean, I remember going back 10 years when we were on the Young Guns Committee together, and it's just been cool to see you rise through the ranks and just become like, I mean, I think one of the most respected, prominent leaders that's pushing our industry forward. It's awesome to have you here. Yeah, thanks, Tim. Yeah, I remember Young Guns and Young Guns. I think my first Young Guns event was at the very first expo that I attended in 2012. So we're coming up on my my 10th expo also next year. But um, it's been really fun to see the industry grow and develop and and work through the ranks at HPBA. And it's just been a overall great and interesting experience. Yeah. Well, the theme for today that we're going to be talking about is mentorship. I know this has been something that you've been doing a lot of work with, and I'm going to paint a little bit of context. So during my time in the industry, I found in my earlier years that things tended to be very tight-fisted, and people kind of, they they held their secrets to themselves. There wasn't a lot of great training resources. It was kind of throw people to the fire and, and, and that was it for me. I think I was always looking for someone to show me the way. And, and I, as I talked to Grant about this as well, he kind of felt the same way. Like he was always yearning to, to have somebody that says, I've, I've been there before. And, and let me, let me tell you what, what I wish I would have known five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. And, and even as we've started the podcast and the Firetime Network and the magazine and everything, I think a lot of it comes from that desire of wanting it to be the way it should have been when, when we were, you know, 18 to 20, 25 years old and, and just kind of feeling our way through the industry. So for me, this is a really important subject that I have benefited a lot from even even now in my 30s, but I want to just set you up on on why has mentorship been so important to you? So when I first started at HPBA, uh, it was in 2011, and I think I was 21 or 22 at the time, and I started out as the government affairs assistant, and there were a lot of women who worked at HPBA. But everyone, like you said, you, you kind of keep your head down. We, we work very collaboratively together. But um, for for where I was, it was it was challenging to really work through like wh- where do I want to be in five years? Where do I want to be in ten years? Where do I want to be six months from now? Even and there was I, I think I first started getting involved with women in government relations only five or six years ago. So I worked in, in the professional world for five years without really having a mentor. And mentoring is having a mentor or being a, a mentor to a, a person starting on in your industry can really help to set up your future for success, yeah. essentially. And my career and my work really started to take off when I started working with women in government relations more closely. Yeah. I, I think back on, on my journey and I've had many unofficial mentors and then a couple of official ones, but it, it really is the, the reason that I've been able to really make like any semblance of, of success in my, in my life and in my career, because I think there's just, there's just so many things that you don't know. You know, whether it whether it's on the on the 
on the sales floor, whether it's in just even understanding how to navigate career choices. Uh, how do I, do I take this job? Do I negotiate for this salary or do I just accept what's been given? Where do I want to be in five years? Like you said, these are really big questions. You know, for, for young people, this is a really, really big deal. I think especially now, people that are that are young tend to, tend to be floating. There's a lot of research and evidence that suggests that people are less emotionally mature than even 10, 20 years ago at, at, at the same relative age due to a, a lot of societal things. So this is something that you can really make an impact with for, for you. Like what does mentorship look like for you? Do you have a mentor that you work with that's actively helping you? So I have what I like to call mentoring relationships. So I have a group of women, a small group who I'll reach out to, to go out for drinks, meet up for lunch with, um, uh, get dinner with, or do like a zoom connection to catch up and, and bounce ideas off of each other. And these are women who are, who work in the same industry as myself. They are a little, maybe one or two steps ahead of me in their career. And one thing that's really key in a, a mentor is that you want to look for is find a mentor who is in the job that you want to be doing. Yeah. Because you can then learn from their experiences to how they got to where they are. So like, so what do our, our mentoring lunches or meetups look like? It's really just an open dialogue and talk about a, a problem we're trying to solve at work, uh, work-life balance issues. And usually I come away with a solution and learn something new or learn something about myself that I might need to change too. Yeah. One thing I wrote down as we were just talking offline before we started recording is I think in a mentoring relationship, you want to find somebody where some aspect of them is what you want to become. And like you said, like finding someone in their career where it's like, this is what, you know, I want to be, whether it's right now you're an installer, right now you're on the retail sales floor and you want to be a business owner, or maybe you want to be a manager. Maybe you want to be a sales rep for a manufacturer, whatever it is, find someone who is in that role. And I would even say, even outside of career related, you know, find someone that has like a character attribute that you want to be true of you someday. And, and one of the things for me, I have, I have a mentor named Stan that I officially hired him about a year and a half ago, maybe two years ago. And like, I've known him for years, but, but when we get together, we literally, we open up my calendar and my inbox and we, and we just look at like, he's helped me with, Tim, this is where you say you want to go in five years. These are your biggest priorities. What's your calendar look like? You know, we'll literally look at like the last three weeks. Have you, have you been spending time on him? Okay. What needs to change in the way that you think about your day and your calendar? Now that might be different than someone else's relationship. But when I look at Stan, Stan doesn't come from the, the business world. He actually comes from like university education as, as, as his prior career. And what he's done though is he's he's a master of being present. He's a master of not loading his plate too full and of doing impactful work that matters. So I look at that and think that is exactly what I want. And even though in this case it's not tied to my industry, it it's it, there's an aspect of that person that that you want to become and that's what that's what's been true for me in that relationship. Yep, absolutely. So when it comes to these relationships if you're a business owner and you have young team members, I think that it is absolutely critical for retaining them 
that you actually try to encourage them to take part in some kind of mentoring. And I know that that gets sticky. Obviously, there's an incentive that you don't want your team to get mentored out of the job with you. But I feel like as a, as a leader or a boss to be the vehicle that provides this growth opportunity, I really think that that helps you win in the long run. Definitely. And I, I think of the different mentoring opportunities in, say, like a smaller town or somewhere not in a city, there are, there are groups that people can get involved in, like Rotary or the Chamber of Commerce or, or different clubs that you can get involved in to connect with other people in a, like a mutual setting. So it doesn't need to even be an official mentoring program. But one of the reasons why I've stayed at HPBA for 10 years is I've been encouraged to be involved with women in, in government relations, be involved in the leadership of that group. And I'm, I'm not sure how, how much I would have gotten involved in WGR if my boss, Ryan, hadn't encouraged me to connect with one of his old friends who was involved with the group. So showing your employees that you want to invest in them and not just investing money in them to join something, but allowing them to take the time to develop their own skill set and show that you value them and that they're a, a crucial part of the team. Yeah, agreed. You know, I, I just think about times that I've had with team members where we would meet periodically outside of work and I would just ask them about their lives, where they want to be, what I can do to help them. I, I've just seen it time and time again grow employee retention. And and along these lines too, like we've been talking about mentorship for younger people. And, and I think that that's extremely important. But my belief is that actually, I think everybody needs a mentor. I really do. Because like every single one of us has been made with giftings. And there's also like a shadow side to every one of us. It just like having a mentor has, has made me much more aware of my shadow side and my, my tendencies instinctually to not make the right move. I'll just, I'll just put it that way. And, and I feel like there's a lot of, you know, business owners and executives and even high level people that are, are frankly kind of stuck at a level of incompetence because they can't get out of their own way. And, and, and it's, and again, like it's not because they're bad people or ill willed necessarily, but it's because they don't have a, a voice that is speaking into their life from a different perspective that can see things a little bit more objectively. That's been a little bit further down the path. And, and it's like that saying, like everyone rises to their own level of incompetence. But I, I think that a way to increase that level of, of incompetence is, is by having outside perspective. that's a little bit more wise than you are. Absolutely. And I want to take this moment to make a plug for the Peter principle by Lawrence Peter, which is a, a great read for any manager or anyone looking to get into management. And it's about that very principle of why do we have bad managers? Like why is there stagnation and it's being promoted to your highest level of incompetence and not being challenged. Yeah. And when I think about mentoring and mentorship, about the kinds of questions that you can talk about, especially when you're later on in your career, like managing a store and say you feel so overloaded, like you can't get any thinking time done, but say you have an employee who'd be really good at managing part of the business, but you enjoy managing this part of the business and you don't want to give that up. If you were meeting with a, a mentor or someone else in the industry and talking this over with them, they might have the thought to 
to tell you, well, if you want to grow and have more time, you might need to change your behavior. Like you, if you're going to set a goal, you need to modify your behavior and the way you think about things. And if you don't have that person challenging you, it doesn't have to even be someone older than you. Um, it could be someone younger than you too. That can be really crucial to growing your business. Yeah, agreed. So Rachel, putting you on the spot, do you have people that you mentor in addition to being a mentee for someone else? Yes. Yeah, so I'm actually a mentor to two women this year. I'm participating in Women in Government Relations mentoring program, which is actually what the HPBA Women's Mentoring Program is based off of. So I'm mentoring uh, two women. Both are located outside of the D.C. area. One is in Denver, Colorado, and the other is in New York City. Both work in government affairs, but it's been a lot of fun meeting with them and and working through some issues they've been experiencing at work and applying some of the lessons that I've learned over the years. That's huge. What I mean, obviously, they get benefit out of it, but what do you get out of it? What I get out of it, I really enjoy the the work that they're doing. So one of them... Um, she works, I don't want to say the full company name in case she or one of her employers listens to this podcast at any point in the future, but she works for, uh, an association that's related to bicycling and it's, and I'm a cyclist, I bike, and it's a topic that I enjoy and learning about. And I always, I always thought that an association that focuses on biking would be mostly transportation issue related. But really, they actually have a lot of energy and environmental issues that they're involved in because biking can be an alternative to driving a car and reduce emissions, et cetera. So like looking at things from a different angle with um, my mentee and also seeing how how onboarding has changed or hasn't changed at companies because I mean, the first time I was onboarded as a young person was 10 or 11 years ago. And these two women started in their jobs, first jobs out of college, um, like a year or two ago. So hearing how things have changed or haven't changed is enlightening. Yeah. I, I, I keep thinking there's, there's a couple of people that I mentor as well. And I I feel like I come away better from from the conversations. I I learn a ton. Probably I would say that I I think I learn more from them than they do for me. But anytime you put yourself in a position, I think of passing on wisdom or best practices, it it makes you think about why. Like why am I giving this advice? Would I give this advice you know, to myself. And, and, and I think it forces you to kind of reckon with what you actually think. And I found for me, and even like doing this podcast, for instance, it's a, it's kind of an unofficial, you know, outlet of mentorship. But as, as I have these conversations, it, it solidifies for me why I think the things that I do and it, and it, and it challenges them too. But, but I find I'm so much better for it. And it's actually an honor when someone wants to, comes to you and says, Hey, you know, can uh can you help me with this and for anyone that's listening to this that is in a position of having some wisdom finding someone and just saying like hey can i can i help you with this like mm-hmm. it, it can feel intimidating but man like i don't think people are going to laugh in your face i think they're going to be overjoyed and vice versa if you're a young person 
and you just literally like go to someone in your company or a sales rep that you really respect or someone in the industry association and just say, hey, like, would you meet with me once a month, like for lunch? Or like, would you do a Zoom call with me once a month? I'm telling you, like that person is probably gonna be really honored by it. And and it, and it has the potential to start something really special. And it, it feels good to, when you come away from these, these mentor-mentee conversations, I always come away feeling good. Like I've, like when I struggled early on in my career and, and learned something from it and to be able to share that, that struggle with someone younger who's going through pretty much the exact same thing, but in a different setting, it feels good to help them and to meet back like a month later or to keep up to date, like once a week or however often and to hear like that something has happened and that they, the way they approached it was something that you recommended and it worked feels really good. And it almost renews your, 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 uh, your hope in humanity a little bit when you, when you help people like this. You know, uh, you're right. And, and I think too, it's kind of like having kids, you know, um, for better or for worse. And I know that this is, this is hard depending on, there's a lot of situations you, you can't control, but for me as a parent of young kids right now, I feel like my kids are my report card, you know? And I know that there's things I don't control with that, but, but I feel like my kids are my report card and it kind of feels like that with a mentee. And, and I'm thinking in particular, there's, there's a, someone that, that I, I, I mentor and I just watching the success that this person has, it like, it makes me feel so awesome. I'm like, gosh, like that's the, I mean, that's the report card. It's, it's amazing. We'll get back to our conversation with Rachel Feinstein in just one second. Hey, if you've been listening to the podcast this season and have been thinking, man, what do I do about executing in my own business? I mean, Grant and Tim said that we need to schedule jobs before we order product. And that's right, we did. We said on the sales floor, there's two critical things that have to be done every single time that your estimator has to write up a detailed scope of work whenever they're at the customer's house. How do we make this happen? It sounds like there's some contradictions here. Well, it might sound like a contradiction, but it's actually a juxtaposition. There's a lot of things when you run a hearth business that you have to hold in tension together. And we want to help you do that at the Fire Time Workshop. Now, this is a three-day in-person workshop. We have an East Coast and a West Coast one that's happening in May of 2022 for a limited number of dealers. You can get a spot and we are going to deep dive personally with you. In fact, our entire Firetime Magazine team is going to be there and we want to help you learn to execute in your business and give you a playbook so that as you leave, you know exactly what to do in the coming months and are actually paired up with a non-competitive retailer to help you do just that. If you feel like you're spinning your tires and just can't get out of your own way, you have to take a look at this workshop. I mean, imagine being in the busy season, working five days a week, right? You've got every Saturday and every Sunday off and you golf every other Friday. I don't like golf, but you could literally do that. That is what I have seen done and it is possible, but it takes time, discipline, and effort. And this off season can be the one where you make the changes that you need to set your business up for the future. To see if the Firetime Workshop is the right fit for you, check out our video and itinerary at itsfiretime.com slash workshop. That's itsfiretime.com slash workshop. 
Now, I want, I want to shift focus to what you're doing with HPBA. So we've been an industry that is like devoid of mentorship. It just, I mean, don't get me started about this. You have done something really special. And, and I have to give Pete Schoenfeld some credit too, because I think this is the brainchild of, of the two of you. But you've actually started a women's mentorship program. And I want to just dive into the nuts and bolts of this. So the HPBA women's mentoring program it's based on the Women in Government Relations Mentoring Program, and it's that program I've been involved with for a few years, and to adopt it for HPBA's women members was was not a huge challenge. The challenge was was getting it off the ground, and it I think it only took like two or three months from from concept to launch to to get it going. I, I think that this is this is just super, super important to formalize it. And I know that, you know, sometimes there's pushback of like, oh, like, well, you know, why is it a women's mentorship and why isn't there a men's one? And I keep thinking like, well, you, you got to start somewhere, right? And you've got a passion to like reach other women and help them in an industry that is that is mostly male, and that's amazing, right? Like, I, I but I think that like formalizing these things is really really important. I, I just know what it's done for me, and and what I've seen it do for other people. And it's interesting that in in your applications there was more mentees than mentors, and I think that sometimes you know people that are maybe older or or are just further down the path get self-conscious of, of I don't know if I have that much to give mm-hmm. I don't know who would want to hear from me and I'm just telling you like man the fields are ripe with people desperate to be poured into and I will say like most people leave companies because they are not being poured into just period like your job satisfaction is so tied to your your level of commitment to the company and if and if and if you're you know being left to to die on the vine that's like it's just it, of course you're going to go somewhere else so i think that for all the problems of you know employee retention that are out there to me this is just a no-brainer to having engaged people that that work for you is like to put something like this together and and maybe even the affiliates need to do it at like a at a local level or or i i, I so i think it's i think it's really cool what you're doing and it's awesome to hear those success stories yeah, I think at the affiliate level, it'd be interesting to see um, organizing like regional meetups for the women in, in their yeah. affiliate region um, from from that level. And saying, and to get back to like why why women are participating, like why like why is this a thing? Um, one of the questions we asked both mentor and mentee applicants was. At the end of the five-month structured mentoring period, what would constitute a successful outcome for you personally? And overwhelmingly, the mentor responses were along the lines of, I want to help a woman to grow and feel confident and achieve goals and just help someone and share the knowledge that I know, and I will feel really good about that. And then on the mentee side, overwhelmingly, again, the main comment was, I want to feel more confident. I want to grow professionally. I want to, uh, or some of the comments were, I I work for my family's business. Um, I'm going to be taking on the business as the owner someday. And I want to be prepared for that. There were also comments about working in a male-dominated industry, and I didn't mention male-dominated anywhere on the program description or application form. It came up on its own, and how to interact in that space as a woman, because there are differences, and 
we are seen differently. And to talk to a woman who's further along in her career and has experiences to share is just is so valuable to younger women in the industry. Yeah. I mean, any, anytime you're a minority in a situation, there are going to be differences. And like to deny that is just wrong. It's just not true. You know, like if I, if I, if I move to India and get a job there and I'm the only American, like there's going to be just differences. Doesn't mean it's good, bad or otherwise, but there's going to be differences. And to find someone in a similar spot that knows and understands my situation and can help me like that's, that's amazing. And I think it's better for everybody. Uh, One thing I want to ask about is, I mean, I'm just, I'm thinking about some situations that I've, I've had before where people have, have, you know, they've, they've accused me or, or people I know about, well, you're just trying to get at our secrets, right? Or, or there's another angle here. So what do you do about sharing secrets, right? If someone's worried about like, well, I can't let this person join the mentorship program because they might get paired up with a competitor, or maybe they might get paired up with a distributor that also works with one of our competitors. What would you say to that? I think if if you're interested in being a mentor or a mentee, that it's it's a time commitment. First of all, you're committing some of your time, like an hour or two each month, and you're you're doing it because if you want to be a mentor, you're doing it because you want to help someone, and you're not worried about sharing what latest technology is coming up in your company. And I don't think that would even come up in a conversation, like sharing a a trade secret. And the mentee-mentor relationship, I I think it's good to set boundaries from the beginning as well. So in your first mentor-mentee meeting, whether it's an official program that you're involved in or just meeting up with someone to share ideas, I think it's a really good policy to establish from the beginning what we say to each other stays between us. And like, this is a confidential conversation and nothing you say that if it's confidential, I'm not going to go tell my boss about it or share that. And I think with mentoring and and being a mentee, it it didn't even, it hasn't even crossed my mind, the, the possibility of being paired with a competitor because the question has never come up and, and no one has had brought that up before. So it's, but again, I think establishing, if someone is worried about that, to establish boundaries from the beginning. And I'll recommend, there's a great book called The Elements of Mentoring that I encourage anyone who is interested in being a mentor or being a mentee to read. And I can share the link with you for the show notes later. Yeah, that would be terrific. We'll post that in the show notes. You know, I mean, it's, it's just so practical. I mean, I, there's there's example after example that I've seen of this being successful. One thing I'm kind of laughing about is there's actually, there's someone that works for me who who I, you know, I, I feel honored that, that they look at me as a, as a mentor. And literally, you know, we talk about how in, in some situations, a boss will want to hedge their bets and keep you locked in the position. And in my relationship with, with this person, like there's actually a different job that's not at my company that is the right job for them. And I am actively telling them my job is, is to make you ready for it. You're a good boss. When the time is right, I'm going to be the first person to tell you to go. And, um, and, and, and the thing that I have to wrestle with is what if this person thinks the time is right before I do, you know, that's a real thing. But, but I think it, it just goes back to the idea that, you know, you can have lousy people that no one wants to hire or you can have great people that other folks want to hire and, and you got to wrestle with it. But 
man, that second problem is a lot better to have than the first one. And, and I would encourage, I mean, just, just getting really practical again for anybody that is a retailer, if you're a manager or a business owner, I am telling you meet with all of your direct reports once a month for coffee outside of the office. Like, I mean, that's an unofficial mentoring relationship and like that will start the process. Now, I would encourage them, like, especially if there's women on your team, like have them reach out to Rachel to join the HPBA program. If there's men on your team, like if, if they're looking to get better, like ask where they want to be in five years and it like call up a sales rep and say, Hey, would you, would you take some time and, and, and meet with this person when you're in town? I mean, if you can make those connections, even if you're not directly mentoring your team member, it just buys you so much relational equity. And if an offer comes to them, like, I mean, honestly, like, Maybe someone hears that your team member's a rock star because of a of a mentoring relationship. Like you've you've won the benefit of the doubt. And I, I've just seen so many situations. I mean, I, I've seen situations where people have literally turned down more than double the amount of money to stay where they are because of the relationship it fosters. It doesn't happen every time. You you might lose people, but it's really important. I, I, I think that I think that the work you're doing is, is is special, that our industry just desperately needs this. Thanks, Tim. And to see you grow professionally and and into your own and and doing what you're passionate about. And I think an important question to ask anyone who works under you is, what do you like most about your job? What makes you smile? And and then work on that part of what they enjoy doing to to grow on. Because if they like to do something, you want to help them do more of that too. Agreed. Yeah, it, it is. It is really cool to look back and just think. I mean, you know, I'm thinking about the conversation that we had on the podcast with Robert Bartucci recently, when he talked about that the reason he is where he is 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 because at at, at one point in time, someone gave him a shot, and 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 now he looks at how can he pour into other people because of what he's been given, and I I, I think it like this is the way that the world works best, and and this isn't necessarily about trying to like you know, empower some people so that we can pull others down. Like it's about how do we make things better, you know? And the way that we do that is by being generous with what we have and, and passing it on. And and I think our industry, frankly, has just been in a spot where like we have just been stuck banging our head against like the same wall, not thinking about how do we actually share our secrets? How do we how do we actually bring other people into this industry? And I think that mentorship is an amazing way to get there. And another great book recommendation, uh, it's called Give and Take, and I can send you the link for that as well. But it's about givers, takers, and meters, M-E-E-T-E-R-S, uh, people who, who give more, people who are more um, generous with their time and, and sentiment, uh, overwhelmingly throughout history have gone further in life in, in their careers and been happier for it than people who just take and and expect someone to give them something in return or that they're just going to to be jerks to everyone to get ahead. And those people overwhelmingly do not get very far or they get found out eventually and end up on the news for something. So overwhelmingly people are happier for for being more generous and being a nicer person. I agree. You got to put the wood in before you get the heat. Rachel, where is it that people can be connecting with you to learn more about the Women's Mentorship Program? So the on HPBA's website, hpba.org forward slash Women's Mentoring Program, all lowercase, 
you can learn about the program. We also have links at the bottom of the page for any women interested in participating in the 2022-2023 program. Uh, you can apply there and it's an HPDA member benefit. So you must be a member or, or join to be a member, but go there, apply. Of course, you can send me an email. My contact information is on that page. And also connect with me on LinkedIn uh, because I post things there occasionally as well. Amazing. Rachel, we'll link to that in the show notes. Thanks a ton for leading the way for us. Absolutely. Thanks, Tim. Well, I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rachel Feinstein. I love every chance that I get to talk with her, and I think that we covered a lot of important ground. I mentioned early on in the conversation that I actually hired formerly a mentor named Stan. And part of that is just because for the last... 10 years, I've gotten so much value out of our relationship. And I just felt like I want to formalize this and and put my money where my mouth is. And it has been absolutely incredible because what what it does for me is he's like my backstop. So there's a lot of situations I get into where I might act rashly or, or even with arrogance or, or just stubbornness and in a way that I shouldn't. And Stan has been so good at just asking me questions about, is this the wisest move? What, what are the implications of this? You know, he's, he's, you know, a number of years older than me. And, and so he can, he can kind of coach me and talk to me about the ripple effect of, of what may or may not happen on, on the decisions I decide to make. And, and that is so powerful. When, when Rachel talked about the fact that they had more mentees, sign up than mentors, that is actually the same experience that I found in different situations I've been in is that in general, you know, there are more people and, and they generally they skew younger, but but there's more people that want to be mentored than there are mentors available. And I would just say that if you're someone that, you know, has, has been further down the path that's a little bit older, a little bit wiser, I would highly encourage you to find somebody young to pour into. This is such a big deal and you could like change their lives. You could be such a blessing for them and I guarantee that you're going to be getting something out of it as well. To see what this looks like in action, I'm just thinking that this is probably, I don't know, maybe eight, nine months ago, I was going through a really tough situation and the way that I chose to handle it was was delicate and thanks to some counsel I got from my mentor, I handled things in a, in a better way than I would have just left my own devices. And a few months later, I had someone come to me that was in a similar situation in, in a different way. And, and, and they said, hey, this is what I want to do. I'm frustrated at this situation. What do you think? And, and it was literally almost the same thing that had happened to me. And I, I said, Man, I've been in this situation and I know how frustrating it is. And I know that everything in you is telling you to do this. But I would just ask, is that the wisest move? And I said basically the same thing that my mentor said to me. And and I, I wouldn't have said that if I didn't have a mentor, right? If 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 it would have came to me before I had that that knowledge and had seen it play out in my own life, I would have said, Yeah, go ahead and do it. And Fortunately, I was able to give wise counsel because I had received wise counsel, right? We can only pour out what we've been given. Now, if you're a young woman in the industry, especially, I would just tell you, like, please take advantage of this HPBA Women's Mentorship Program because this is how you can start to form those relationships and and just be more confident that you can bring your unique voice to the table and that you're going to have something really special to say. I just, I think this is an amazing opportunity. And in the show notes, we have a link to take advantage of this. 
Now, the final thing I'll say is that as we're rounding out this podcast season, our final episode is going to be a question and answer episode. And we've covered a ton of ground. I'm thinking back to the very beginning of the season where me and Grant talked about the 10-step execution process for a hearth business. We covered a lot of ground there. We talked with various contributors from the Firetime Magazine. We brought our team on to talk about team building. And as we're rounding out talking about mentorship, I know there's questions that come up. How do I do this? Can I, what What can I or can I not talk about if, if I'm someone's boss and I'm their mentor? These are amazing conversations that we want to dive into with the nuance that is true for your company. So please reach out to me. My email address is tim at itsfiretime.com. And there's still a little bit of time to get those questions in before this final episode. Now, if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you want to support it financially, you can do that by going to the website patreon.com slash itsfiretime. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash itsfiretime. And, and we say this week in and week out, but we do not take it lightly, the fact that we, we get contributions monthly from you guys to support this podcast. What we're trying to do with that money is outsource as much of the administrative work as possible so that we can keep the level of content high and focused on what is going to give you the most value. And we, we have man, some amazing ideas for the future. And, and we're just excited at the ground that we've been able to cover. And it, it literally wouldn't be possible without those of you who help us along. So, so thank you for that. As we round out, I'm thinking about where we are right now in the season, supply issues, product delays, you know, employee turnover, all those things. And, and I will just say that if you can start taking the time to pour into someone in your company, go take them out for a cup of coffee, go buy them lunch. It will start to turn the tide for you. It doesn't make these issues go away, but this is how you rally a team. When you invest in the people around you, when you pour into them, they can pour into your customers, they can pour into their families. And as they do that, they actually start to find meaning and purpose in your company. So with that, I'm going to close out today. I hope you have an amazing rest of the week and we will be back for our final episode of the season. We're going to be dealing with your questions and trying to give some wise answers next week. So we'll see you then. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all into buying.